Mike. Hi, Shane. Hi, this is Dad Pods, and we have a very special episode of Dad Pods this week. A very special one. A very special episode. Our special guest is Elizabeth Olsen oh my of WandaVision. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one a- actress that anybody wants to talk to right now, we're going to get on this podcast. Not this episode. Yeah. And probably not ever. Yeah. Because we actually haven't reached out. No. no we haven't oh, even asked her. So. No, but, and she'd never say yes. Yeah. This, I mean, like eight people listen to this ep- these episodes. <laughs> I don't know that why, why she would actually, you know, do, you know, our podcast. But it's Give nice me one drink. good reason. You're a part of this podcast. Give me one good reason why Elizabeth Olsen should be on this podcast. Because we talk about the show that she was. We show. On. We talk about Wandavision. Yeah. There are probably other podcasts that talk about Wandavision. I don't listen to those podcasts. Yeah. Um, actually, I have. I've I've heard some of them only because it's connected. <laughs> They're in the feeds of other shows. And, right. Uh, but you don't I subscribe am, to those shows. Not specifically. Yeah. Right. Like I get it. Like connected to. Adjacent. adjacent yes exactly yeah so so you don't subscribe you certainly don't rate and review those no episodes. why would you do such a thing yeah now now everybody that's listening to this podcast should subscribe yeah, and they rate should and rate mm-hmm. and they should review mm-hmm. and if you have a comment or a concern or a query you know hit us up or if you want to be on the show <laughs> if you want to be on the show we could always use content we can yeah. always there's i mean we're on a zoom right now there's totally room for another square oh yeah Come join. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. Yeah. But uh, what um, are we talking about for real? We are talking about one. We are talking about WandaVision. Yes. We're just not talking about it with Elizabeth Olsen. No. Unfortunately. Sad. She is a delight. Yeah. I think she would be really a really good guest. Oh, totally. But, you know, but she doesn't know who we are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nor, nor does she have any reason to know who we nor are. Nor should she. <laughs> <laughs> so wandavision episode WandaVision. so we, we we covered episode one in the previous episode mm-hmm. uh you guys if you haven't listened to that one you don't need to if you don't want to yeah. uh this one should stand alone as a recap and sort of discussion of episode two um episode one we put a little sort of more into context about the whole mcu and the comics and what who wanda maximoff is and what the vision is and how that all sort of fits together. Right. And I think we did, and if I do say so myself, we did an awesome job. One of the finest WandaVision dedicated podcasts that I know about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. I mean, I mean, we're probably going to spend, I mean, there was only nine episodes of WandaVision. Each one was between 20 and 50 minutes. And we're probably going to spend more time talking about it than they spent, you know, filming it. <laughs> they, they, did, they did spend a long time filming it but <laughs> i could tell you know you don't know that you don't know that there was any any information like like stuff that didn't make the show yeah they just hit the camera and then they they just went and then they stopped and that's the it's there's no editing whatsoever in that show yeah. that's what makes it amazing we should talk about that we well <laughs> we can talk about that so this this is going back to episode one um now in in time they've released a, a making of special for one right. They did the first episode filmed like old school Dick Van Dyke show TV, which is more like a play. So they basically did it. They did it live without, Mm -hmm. you know, there are some cuts, especially for some of the in-camera magic. They they freeze, Mm -hmm. they swap out the turkey, you know, the chicken, (laughs) the cooked chicken and stuff like that. All, you know, live action stuff and with the real audience there and basically going straight through. Pretty incredible. And that is amazing when you think about like old time classic television is that all these shows 
particularly comedy shows, were all filmed in front of an audience. Yep. yep. And each each audience was given like you know these instructions on when to laugh and when not to. Yeah, and uh, that's that was the great thing. If you have a chance to watch the special, I would encourage you to do it. It's, it's a lot of fun. They said that the the, the showrunner and uh, Kevin Feige they met with Dick Van Dyke before mm-hmm. filming that episode just to get any pointers on it. it. They talked about how those old shows were, they would do it in one take, which is amazing right. to be. <laughs> they just go mm-hmm. all the way through it. And uh, that that's how they film those shows. And that's that's kind of the style that they used for this as well. Yeah. And the, you can hear the actors talk about how they haven't done stage acting in forever. So this was, they were actually kind of nervous. Right. I mean, and, and, and we can talk about this too. Like, one of the one of the reasons why a lot of those shows, um, going back you know, fifty and sixty years now, um, used like one take film is really expensive, right? Or and, and certainly used to be. Like um, I had a friend of mine who did a, um, a a graduate school project where he made a movie, and this was before digital cameras and before any of this stuff. So he actually had film, and one of the things that was the like the most expensive thing, and I actually did the quote unquote accounting for the film. <laughs> it only cost about like eight thousand dollars and thirty five hundred of it was renting the camera. Sure. But uh the biggest expense beyond that was just the film itself. Mm-hmm. Film is very, very expensive. Sure. And digital and 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 data is not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can get a hard drive that'll hold Everything you need to, I mean, I don't know how long the movie was, but like even, even in 1999 or 2000, whatever it was. Right. Yeah. That's like a couple hundred dollars and you could reuse that hard drive for other things if you need to. Yeah. You can, you can delete that movie because it was probably a, you know, it was terrible. <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. the, the costs of these have gone way, way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, because of that, that's, that's just changed everything with the, yeah. the way we make things. That's, and also, I shouldn't, if, if my friend does listen to this, I shouldn't say that that film was terrible. I will say that my performance in that movie was terrible. Oh. I did have one line. I think it made the final cut. Nice. If it didn't, I'm going to be very, very upset. But, <laughs> so you uh, haven't watched it yet, even though you're in the movie. I haven't, yeah. I will say that uh, I have a very, very, very good, good friend, one of my best friends. He would have been the best friend at my wedding if I had a wedding ceremony. And he is an actor now. Hmm. He's a successful, I mean, uh, uh, he's a working actor. That's I don't great. know that all, you know, he's, he makes a living at it. Um, but uh, uh, he made this film and he put me in it, which should probably, uh, I did it for free. So, I mean, it, it, that's probably why he put me in it. And <laughs> right. I had, and my, and my line was, I really don't think so. And I think I said it, I really don't think so. Hmm. Which is just, it does, it, it, you, can, you don't believe that. Yeah, it sounds like you're going for Christian Slater, maybe, or or Christopher Walken. I don't know what it's what it is. A little bit of a mix. Anyhow, let's talk about WandaVision. WandaVision, episode Episode two. two. Don't touch that dial. Yeah, don't touch that dial. We've clearly jumped forward in time a little bit. Mm -hmm. We're no longer clearly in like a 1950s idyllic uh, suburb. We're still in a suburb. Yep. It's clearly a suburban sort of show. Um, one of those family shows from from that era, but uh, we've jumped forward a little in time. Yeah, and it's still it's a bit, it looks like it's about 1960, still in black and white, very notably. Yeah. And uh, when when you see it open, the Wanda and Vision they're in separate beds, same yeah. bedroom but separate beds. Mm-hmm. 
and they're panicking right. over the sound they hear. Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they don't know what nighttime. it is. It's nighttime. Wanda yeah. keeps turning the light on using her magic. Mm -hmm. uh, both her and Vision are pretty hilariously uh, scared of the sound and not wanting to be the one to go check it out, even though right. they're both superheroes. So there's exactly. no reason to be afraid. So, no reason to be afraid, but still um, it's a classic um, sitcom plot device. Yeah. Right. Something, something that, that neither character knows right. what it is. We talked about this last time with the, you know, the heart on the calendar. It's kind of a very similar, simple device just to elicit laughter with right. how the characters react. And if you look at, if you think about like the classic shows from this time, you mentioned Dick Van Dyke, we can talk about Lucille Ball, uh, who's maybe the greatest actress of all time. Uh, just her ability and Dick Van Dyke's ability to just kind of, you know, almost seemingly react to a, to a, to a, a, a an experience like that and elicit laughter just in the way they react. And this is that kind of scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's pretty funny. And it's revealed mm -hmm. that the noise is, of course, a, just a tree branch hitting their, their window. There's a nothing. Tree branch hitting the window. Right. And, and they, we've, we set up the stakes here where they need to stay hidden from their neighbors. Like they don't want to reveal that they, that they're they a witch powers. and a robot. Yeah. Right. That's, right. that's our whole setup. And, mm -hmm. uh, Wanda takes their two separate breads and brings them together. Right. It's and then we go into this bewitched style. This is very clearly a takeoff on Bewitched. Right. right. With the so, animated exact same style. Exact same style. So um, Bewitched, uh, I want to say that Bewitched started in the 60s. Um, yeah, so it started in uh, 1964. Yeah. So that would have been sort of the perfect uh time frame and then it, it it went all the way to sort of 1972 so uh it probably started and honestly uh the way this show starts um that would have been black and white for most televisions there would have been a few color televisions right and i don't i don't remember if the early years of bewitched were uh filmed in color i know the last couple were yeah yeah i've definitely seen episodes in color i'm pretty sure it was in black and white because i i Really, rem I remember that cartoon intro. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's basically what they pay homage to with the cartoon intro in this film, in this uh, show. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, I did rewatch it to to come up with mm -hmm. a summary, and I will say, it's almost funnier to rewatch the show than the first time through because we knew about there's some mystery going on the first time, and I, I think when I was first watching it, I was really trying to scan every frame to see like, oh, is there gonna be something here? And this time mm -hmm. I can just sort of appreciate things. So there's a lot, a, a lot of nice little gags that are interspersed throughout. Yeah. So um, so this, this episode and the show in particular um, drops these little Easter eggs all over the place, right? Uh, and a lot of it is designed to make you, I think a lot of it is designed to sort of really uh, bleep with the fans and 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 make them think that oh x y and z is going to happen because mm -hmm. this happened so in the animated show there, there's a there's a very clear um helmet from a classic marvel villain called the grim reaper mm -hmm. now spoiler alert the grim reaper has nothing to do with the show we never see anything more of this it yeah. was just this little you know hey i'm gonna drop this over here you know right and uh 
it's sort of like a just a dead fish falling in somebody's lap and fans are like oh my gosh the grim reaper is going to be the villain yeah because everybody keeps and that's one of the ongoing things that happened every week as this show kind of came out every week and week and week and week everybody was talking about oh the 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 villain is clearly going to be this character going forward right so uh <laughs> with that in mind so that we we open after the the little intro we mm-hmm. see that wanda and the vision are practicing a magic show it's for the, the neighborhood talent show and right. a, a for little the, li- for the children for the children like that's that's a line that keeps showing up it's like oh mm-hmm. this is for the children and uh it's a i think it's a vision that says this you ever wonder if the audience might see through this little charade and that's I think a very clear allusion to something's going on in this world. Because again, as the audience, we're watching this. We the last thing we've seen Wanda in was Endgame, and we have no idea why we're in this world of TV sitcoms, right. which has changed um, now from the first episode to the second. And to that to that point, uh, this is something that I didn't catch, but actually um, somebody else on the internet caught, and I'm going to steal it. Um, so there are moments where you do see, you know, cracks in this reality. And we talked about, um, you know, the dinner in the last episode when the when Vision uses his power to save his boss from choking. Mm-hmm. As that sort of crack happens, characters, a couple of the characters, you see it in that episode, that, that episode where the, the, the character says, damn. Mm-hmm. And when the um, Vision keeps hearing that uh, the tree outside he says damn mm. damn is not a word that would have been uttered in 1950s or 1960s te- television yeah but they're using that to show that the that the reality around the show is sort of breaking down a little bit yeah that's oh, that's that's a good observation i i did notice it going back to episode one when uh, when the guy's choking wanda breaks quote unquote breaks character she goes right vision save him not right. being in her sitcom voice at all, it, which yes, is it kind of waking him up. Accent. Yes. Yeah. And so that, that, that does happen as we talk about this episode, we'll, we'll get into more breaks. Right. So, so they're practicing yeah. for this talent show for the yep. children. And, uh, you know, then so vision goes off to work. Vision goes to work. And oh, actually, he's not going to work. He's going to the the neighborhood group. Right. He's going to the to to uh, see if he can join the neighborhood watch. Right. Because he's now worried because of uh, <laughs> the tree branch. That was because of the tree branch. It all comes back to the tree branch. There's always the, these sitcoms always have the sort of the more ridiculous the plot point, it always comes back. Right. You know. So so they, they the he's afraid of the tree branch, so he's going to join the neighborhood watch. Right. It's the natural thing to do when you're afraid. <laughs> Exactly. So it's a it's a group of you know men in this little town that have right. kind of created this neighborhood watch. So he goes to try to join it. Right. And there and it's really just a group of men that are all just kind of sitting around drinking and eating and you yeah. know doing things that men do. Yeah, they're, it's a it's a hangout group. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, meanwhile, Wanda goes outside, and uh, we notice another break. She's a little disturbed. She's heard a sound. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is another break in the reality. She sees a toy helicopter, which mm-hmm. of all things is in color. Their whole world is in black and white. There's this right. red helicopter. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, now we look back and we see that there's a symbol on that helicopter. And it is the symbol for the group sword. Sword. Yeah. So 
Yeah, the helicopter is red and yellow, which is the cla- it's 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 both the classic vision color. Mm-hmm. It's also the classic Iron Man color. True. Yeah. So either of those are I think the, the the colors are not an accident. Yeah. That they chose to put that particular thing in color. Right. And uh, at that point, the the nosy neighbor Agnes comes by. She gives mm-hmm. her played, rabbit played again expertly by Catherine Hahn. Yeah. <laughs> gives gives Fluffy, who she's very proud of, Fluffy the rabbit, to be used in the magic show. Yes. So so then Wanda goes to this neighborhood planning committee, and this is again all part of their plan to fit in with the neighbors. So. Right. Vision's going to join the neighborhood watch. Wanda's going to join the neighborhood planning committee. Because they're becoming, you know, part of the neighborhood. Right. <laughs> and so uh, Wanda is informed, you know, beforehand from Agnes that the, re- the real one she has to impress is this Dottie character. Yeah, Dottie's important. If, you, if you're getting good with Dottie, then you're set. You get on all the good committees, Yeah. do whatever. She's the, she's the, the, the queen of the, of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So Wanda goes there and she meets someone that she, she's never heard before, met before. She meets a person named Geraldine. Right. Yeah. And uh, Geraldine will be very important as we go on. Mm-hmm. Geraldine utters the line, I actually don't know what I'm doing here. Right. In reference it, to the committee, perhaps? It could be in reference to the committee. It could be in reference to she hadn't yet gotten her story. Yes. Maybe her script. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Wanda asks her, oh, yeah, what's your name? And Geraldine hesitates and then says, Geraldine, as if she does not know her name. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the neighbors. Mm-hmm. So um, again, a smarter person than I noticed this. Um, so we get an Agnes. So that's one. We get the aforementioned Geraldine. Mm-hmm. We also get Fred and Linda. Yep. We have Dennis the mailman. We have Dottie and Phil. Mm-hmm. F. And someone named Herbert. Okay. Okay. So that's eight. So the seven of them minus Geraldine, who's this one that doesn't quite fit in, mm-hmm. right? So there was there was this is another. So seven is an important number uh, in Marvel's history because there's there's a there's a there's a collection of Satan seven in mm. Marvel in, wow. the, in the Marvel comics that a lot of people we're sort of focusing on and being like, ooh, maybe this is gonna be the Satan seven because that's not something that, that it's really esoteric and it's really rare. And it's like, ooh, that would be a good sort of Marvel uh, Wanda villain because mm-hmm. the, the, the thing is Wanda doesn't have a lot of her own uh, storylines where she has a classic Marvel villain to sort right. of fight. Like Spider-Man has the Green Goblin, you know. Um, Thor has Loki. Captain America has the Red Skull. Wanda right. doesn't really have one of those. It's not she Mephisto. Arch Nemesis. <laughs> you sure it's not Mephisto? Well, we'll hear a lot about Mephisto going forward. Um, not by any, not by the show itself, but by little Easter eggs and the fans around it. And I, and one of the funniest things, and and this is just a a jump ahead a little bit. We did have the you you mentioned the the show that they talked about the, the making of the show. And there's been lots of interviews with Wanda and the mm-hmm. show creator, uh, Jack, Schaefer, uh, Jack Schaefer. And neither of them who were the, like, the main creators of the show, 
knew who Misfisto was. <laughs> That's the best. I love the best. it. Everybody was just like, oh, duh, it's going to be Mephisto. Like, clearly, they're hinting at Mephisto. Clearly, clearly they're hinting at Mephisto. It's clearly going to be Mephisto. Yeah. Um, and they had never heard of him. Yeah, that's that's awesome. <laughs> <It was great. laughs> that, that really makes oh, I love that. <laughs> so so you know we're going back now to the to the to the plot. And uh, one thing I really noticed at this point in time is visions at his neighborhood watch. Wanda's at her uh, planning committee, and uh, I noticed how diverse the characters are compared to the shows from the nineteen sixties. Uh, and I thought at first like, well, maybe this is just Marvel doing it for the modern time. Turns out there's a reason for it, which is pretty cool <laughs> as we get into it. But uh, I, yeah. I thought that was a, a, a nice touch. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And they're not treated as like a person of color back in the 1950s, if they were on a television show, would have been treated as a person of color and would have been on that show right. to merely do something that a person of color would do in that show. Right. But that not in this fictional reality. No, no, they're just neighbors yeah so vision tries to join the neighborhood watch yeah. uh and one thing his his lack of eating food becomes an issue because yeah. as we said this he's is a robot he's a robot right he's not supposed to eat food and as we know they're really trying to hide the fact that they're a, a witch and a robot yeah so so he ends up eating a piece of gum Yes, he doesn't want to eat the gum, but he doesn't want to stand out that he's not taking any food. So someone offers him a piece of gum and he accidentally swallows it. Right. Which uh, gets in his quote unquote gears. Yes, he has gum in his gears. <laughs> Us using the classic the, Bewitch the, style the, animation. The animate, yeah, the animated stuff where they show the, the gum sort of stretching through the cogs and the wheels in his... In his uh, uh, inner workings is pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> so now back at the planning committee, Wanda, she's on, she's on the, she's gotten a, a duty and it's cleanup duty. So she, she has not impressed Dottie so far. Right. And, uh, so she's cleaning up after this little planning committee, which was basically like a tea party or a, like with alcohol, maybe. Yeah. Is there alcohol? Yeah. Unclear. I, I think it's, that's unclear to me. It, so you hear Help Me Rhonda playing on the radio. On the, on the radio. And as it's playing, you hear right where the word Rhonda would have been. You hear, Wanda, can you read me? Right. Clearly a voice. Coming out of the radio. Coming out of the radio, not part of the song. Wanda, mm -hmm. who's doing this to you, Wanda? Dottie looks okay. confused. Uh, suddenly she breaks a glass. Dottie cuts her hand and mm -hmm. blood coming out is red. And we're not in black and white anymore. It's actually red. Just the blood is red. Just the, the rest blood. of everything is but is still black and white. Yeah, the, the radio stops. Uh, the, you know, Dottie's hand is taped up, and then we're we're back to to normal. But yet, something very strange has gone on. And yet again, the the fiction in this fictional world is has been broken. Yeah, um, I don't know if there was. I, I I can't remember if there was a dam that was uttered by somebody there. Uh, it would be interesting to mm. go back and find out. Yeah, I'd have to go um, back and see if she she swore when she, she says "damn" or something like that. Yeah. Um, so we get our little our commercial advertisement. Yep. This is this time is for a Strucker watch. <laughs> yes. So this is clearly you know so the the first advertisement we had was about uh, Stark soap or something like what was it Stark toaster? It was like I'm a sorry. toaster. Yeah, it was yep. a toaster. Um, and this one is uh, the Strucker watch. 
Right. And it has a little the logo. Itself has a Hydra logo on it. Right. The little, uh, the, the, the octopus with the arms. Yeah. So at this point in time, what were you thinking was going on in the show? You know, I, I will tell you, it's hard to, it's hard to remember exactly what I was thinking, given what I know now, because mm-hmm. I've seen it all. But uh, uh, given what I, it, it is a nice, I will tell you that I thought that someone was manipulating Wanda. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought throughout most of the first five to seven episodes Yeah, was kind of, I thought that Wanda was being manipulated by some greater power Yeah, and that the advertisements were just like parts of her psyche coming out, mm. you know? So she had, we know that she, her family was nearly killed by a stark weapon. So yep. that's like this, this um, historical piece of her life that kind of, comes out then and she's kind of reliving her life through that um that's where i would have been right at this time um yeah but something I, happens towards the end of this episode that leads you to sort of question that too i was thinking at this point in time especially with the strucker watch that maybe this is a simulation so at mm-hmm. the end of episode one with the person watching on the tv and writing things down i was like are they putting them in for some sort of mind control. That was right. my, my thought at this point in time. Yeah, and, and and we pointed out that you do see a sword logo on that that notebook. Yeah. That's really subtle. I didn't see it the first time going through. Yeah. Um, and I, I, like you, I sort of thought somebody else was sort of fixing this and I was starting to think, okay, you know, I think of Wanda as a classic X-Men character. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, okay, what are the classic X-Men villains that could do this? And it's like, there's a there's a there's a there's a X-Men villain named Arcade mm. that can kind of do simulations where he creates these large kind of alternate realities that are like like video games or games where you have to, you know, go through and quote unquote win the game to survive, otherwise right. you're gonna get killed, that kind of thing. I was like, is this him? Could that be could that be arcade? That would be an in, maybe interesting. I don't know. Yeah. So at this point, we don't know. We've seen. Yeah, some... we're lost. We're totally lost. Totally right. lost. And we come back from advertising. And As now back from advertising. Now we've got our talent show. Yeah, we've got the the talent the talent show that they've been working for. Yeah, um, so they're doing a magic deck, which is, uh, seems seems interesting given the fact that they're trying to hide the fact that they are in fact magic. Right, and uh, <laughs> a little on the nose. And uh, yeah. Vision, with the gum in his gears, appears drunk. Yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, appears that way as he arrives to the show as, as yeah. he is supposed to be allusion to to wanda's glamour yeah now that's something that would not have been portrayed up through i don't know what level of uh uh era of sitcom would would you finally show a drunk person right so he can't actually be drunk he's it's, he can't uh, actually be called drunk and they right. don't call him drunk to be fair Right. No, no one um, even thinks that he's drunk, even though he's acting like he's drunk. Right. I'm trying to think. Ralph Cramden was often sort of a little goofy. Yeah. Um, as in in the honeymooners, but I don't know that he was ever outwardly trying to act like he was drunk on alcohol. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even know when you get to see that kind of portrayal of someone certainly not at this era of tv yeah i mean i don't even know like and anybody that would have been drunk even up through the 80s mm-hmm. you know sitcom there would have i mean 
that would have been a very special episode. <laughs> well, right? yeah, there's like that, think yeah. about the Tom Hanks spe- very special episode of Family Ties, right? Where he's an alcoholic, right? Yeah, in this case, this would have been. I think in classic TV, it'd be like someone got hit in the head. There's always these weird things that cause people to act funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, growing up, you would have thought that that amnesia was something that was super common. I was sure that you get hit in the head, you could get amnesia, right? Yeah. Like that's... The two things that growing up that I think that we, we learned, we thought were going to be much more common in our regular lives would have been amnesia and quicksand. Oh, yeah. All over the place. Yeah. I mean, I thought like quicksand was just going to be anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> anywhere there was sand where you could step on the beach. Oh my God, quicksand. Yeah. So it is pretty great that they figured out a way to get this, uh, you know, the, the drunk person. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's drunk. So they can't actually do the, a lot of the quote unquote practical magic that they were trying to do. So he's doing things that vision does. Right. Uncontrolled. So, so Wanda has to use real magic to make it look like there was no magic involved. Exactly. So, so Vision just flies. He's just out and out right. flies, which is confusing the whole audience. Up in the air. Yeah. And so she like adds like a rope. Right. <laughs> she uses her real magic to make a rope. So then everyone is, their fears are like, oh, that's how they Oh, did it. that was good. Yay. Never mind and, that they uh, didn't see the rope ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Vision lifts a piano and she turns it and she turns the piano into a, just a cardboard cutout of a piano. Yeah. Rather than an actual piano. And then someone in the audience goes like, that was my grandmother's piano. (laughs) (laughs) Those kind of suck for him. Yeah, There's another another trick where um, Vision actually just makes himself, uh, was it, um, what do they call it? He he takes a hat and he passes it through his body. Oh, where he can, yeah, he he becomes impermanent or something? Yeah. Yeah, he basically becomes the density of mist, right? That's that's the Vision's trick. And, uh, you know, Wanda then reveals a bunch of mirrors because obviously mirrors is how you perform a trick like yeah. that. Yeah. It, I mean, David Copperfield used it to make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Yeah. <laughs> back so in back in the day. And so finally, the piece de resistance is the cabinet of mystery. Right. And uh, there's some really interesting symbols on the cabinet of mystery. What was supposed to happen was that Wanda should appear from it. However, she was clearly visible the whole time because vision brought mm-hmm. out the cabinet of mysteries before he should have. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, they do a little bit of razzle dazzle and all of a sudden Geraldine comes out of the cabinet. The aforementioned Geraldine. Now the cabinet has some interesting marks on it. Mm-hmm. And I went ahead more and more little Easter eggs or more little Easter eggs. The symbol on the cabinet resembles a hero called photon from the Marvel universe. Right. Some people also call it the mind, like might might have thought that it been it would have been sort of the mind stone. Yeah, very um, possible thing. An allusion to Vision himself this has the mind stone. Yeah, in his head. the characters that they uh, that they their stage names are were illusion and glamour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the the classic uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch comics, illusion and glamour were actually characters of their own. They were actually stage magicians. Uh, who were f- neighbors of the uh, of the Vision and Scarlet Witch? Oh, very nice. That's a nice yeah. little callback there. Yeah. So, all right, we've seen Geraldine. The show is over now, and uh, Wanda's like, "Why are you acting so weird?" And so she uses her magic and finds the gum, mm-hmm. pulls the gum out of Vision. And he's back to normal. Yeah. 
but they're trying to sneak off and uh dotty spots them and they're they're horrified but lo and behold despite the disaster dotty finds their act hilarious and wanted right. they, they suddenly win <laughs> yeah the, the 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 community thought it was a comedy act right mm-hmm. uh for the children they've won this for the say. children and so in classic sitcom fashion uh you know even though everything went wrong everything still goes okay for our our protagonists yeah so um they head back home Mm-hmm. After a successful day of, uh, you know, joining the community and becoming much more part of the community. And right. something is something is a little off. Right. So back at home, uh, you know, they, they reiterate that, oh, this was great. The performance was for the children. Mm-hmm. And as they settle down, Wanda realizes she's pregnant. Yep. And her stomach is showing that immediately. Yeah. Uh, she says vision is this really happening and he goes yes my love and suddenly we hear mm-hmm. something from outside and the two rush out and the music really does take a turn here right uh, we look at the street and you see emerging from a sewer yeah uh, manhole a beekeeper yeah somebody in a large some almost it's a it's a it's a apiest sort of uh, uh suit you could look at it as like a hazmat suit too but it's clearly like an old school beekeeper suit. Yeah, and bees are buzzing all around him. And all around him, yeah. You cannot see his face. He turns towards them. Yeah. And at that point, Wanda just says, no. Yeah. And we f- flash back to where Vision was saying, what she's saying to Vision. Vision, is this really happening? He yeah. goes, yes, my love, it's really happening. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Vision's head turns to color. Right. And in a really nice effect, Technicolor fills the room, and the room also sort of changes to a more '70s style as it washes yeah. over. Yeah, kind of like um, the it's it's very similar to the scene from uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz when when Dorothy lands in Oz, it goes from black and white, and she walks out of the opens the, the door, it's the color house, and she yep. opens the door, and it's all color. Right. Yeah, a, a magical transformation. They're happy. You see them kissing, a hexagon appears around the frame, but we still hear the, the sound that came from the radio. Wanda, who's doing this to you? Wanda, Wanda, Wanda who's doing Wanda. Wanda, yeah. That's the end of episode two. Yeah. So, so we should talk first, let's, so hexagons. Mm-hmm. This is something that, that happened all over the place throughout. There was lots of hexagonal imagery. Yeah. Uh, importantly, like, the previous scene with the beekeeper bees have hexagonal hives mm-hmm. hexagons are six-sided mm. so you get your six six sixes and your devils and your demons and your mephisto <laughs> i was gonna say clearly it's mephisto yeah so the beekeeper also the beekeeper uh costume looks looks oddly like a classic villain um just a henchman from aim which was what advanced idea mechanics or something mm-hmm. like that yeah. and which is um which was used already though but aim was used in iron Man. yes 3. it was used in iron man 3 uh but they didn't use that particular the beekeeper uniform for those right. guys um so so yeah so it, the, the the hexagons come back mm-hmm. in lots of different ways there's lots of hexagonals all hexagons all over the place so yeah, now now at the end of the episode, what were your thoughts? Like, what did you think was going on? Um, at that point, I, I you can clearly see that Wanda has the ability to manipulate this world. 
with her powers. Yeah, there was the rewind, um, right? That was the rewind. So she had the ability to do that because it is clearly she didn't like what was going on mm-hmm. and she changed it. Right. So you know that at least she has some agency going on. But there's this... Because of that, I felt like, and, and I don't know where you were on this, but I, st- I still was thinking there was some... Something manipulating her. Mm-hmm. There yeah, was something w- going on. Yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna. I was going with the simulation still at this point in time. Yeah. So I really uh-huh. felt that with this, like the the notebook, and then with the beekeeper, I was like, is this someone monitoring them? Mm-hmm. What's going on in this world? So she might have some control, and maybe she's fighting back against the simulation. But I, I was all yeah. in on the simulation theory. <laughs> sure. And then, and then when you hear the voices coming from the, either the radio or wherever that's, you know, talking about, you know, Wanda, who's doing this to you, Wanda, who's doing this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you. You get this, that's the first and only reference thus far in any, in any of these episodes where there's clearly an outside world. Yeah. Um, and clearly somebody wants to help them. Right. Or her. Right. They're looking for her, you know, so you're thinking, you know, I, it's 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 hard to identify who the voice is right so i was thinking does that sound like a any of the classic avengers was where i was going Mm. is it is it is it uh is it somebody is it you know captain america is it uh sure you know uh hawkeye is it who is who could it be and it didn't sound like any of those actors yep didn't recognize the voice right away yeah and uh so for me at, at this point in time i'm like all in on the show like i was i was all in the whole time i do know a lot of people watched the first two and they just didn't get it and that's interesting we should actually talk a little bit about some of the criticisms that came up like early Mm -hmm. there was clearly two forms of criticism yeah there was people that criticized the show early which was just like what is this this isn't a marvel show yeah right and that's kind of the, the people that kind of you're talking about right here and then there's the criticisms almost from the other side at the end, which is basically just, oh, this was just some sort of, you know, preview for the other stuff that Marvel's putting out later. Right. Like either it's too Marvel or not Marvel yeah. enough. Those were not the... Marvel enough. Those are the only two criticisms. That's the only is... possible. Yeah. Yeah. That, which is, exactly which goes right. to the old line, you know, like politically, if you're, if you're not pissing off either end mm-hmm. of the spectrum, you're probably not doing something right. Yeah. You're not getting anything done if you're if you're if you're not pissing everybody off. So yeah. So what I had heard from friends that weren't into it, they're like, oh, I'd, like they either didn't get it because they either they they didn't get the TV homage or just didn't want to watch the TV homage. Mm-hmm. And then clearly, we're not intrigued by the very obvious mystery that's put in here, right? Yeah. Like, it's, how is this happening? How is this happening? Yeah. And I was I was in on on like the the lost aspects, and I like the TV homage. Mm-hmm. Rewatching it now that I've rewatched some of it, I think it's it's almost more you you can appreciate the the comedy aspects a lot more, mm-hmm. and just just sort of admire the craft of what's done. That yeah, that effect at the end is a lot of fun to watch mm-hmm. things transform. And if you didn't get to see it before because episodes one and two were, were black and white, yeah. now it's obvious what's happening with the the change in time. Yeah. Um... Interestingly enough, too, it, episodes one and two were released together yep. at the same time. So people could binge just those two and then 
the rest of the show, the rest of the episodes came out one episode a week. Right. And, and I feel like that was Disney's way of like, they might've been hedging their bets a little. They're like, well, I don't want people to tune out because they, they're like, I don't want to watch a sitcom. And we needed a sort of, we needed to sort of hook them, I think. Yeah. The second episode something. gets that hook with the. Because it, because there is the, the mystery element. There's really no mystery element in episode one. It's, it's very. Well, the, that end stinger is a pretty nice one. Where you uh-huh. see the someone watching them on TV, right. With the notebook, right. But it's right. it's so super subtle. subtle, yeah, yeah, super subtle, and it's just like, okay, so they're being watched, but what is what does that mean? Yeah, it obviously they were very subtle because people tuned out because even after seeing all of these, which seem now in retrospect blatant hints, mm-hmm. people really thought like, oh, this isn't something I don't want to watch yeah. TV so much. I like to think that probably most of them came back. I, I apparently they did like the people yeah. the friends I'm talking about they all came back when they heard yeah. more and more of what was going on yeah because because for 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 eight weeks there this was all what people were talking about during the week I mean it was just like you know did you watch WandaVision when can we talk about it yeah after, you after, and I like I mean I, I I would basically just send you know the word WandaVision with an exclamation point what after yeah. I watched it <laughs> and then and then an hour later we'd be like oh bleep yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? so, yeah, so, so we were we were in the whole time. Like, you're yeah. not going to get a lot of criticism from us. We we might be the two biggest fans <laughs> of mm-hmm. the show. Although, to be fair, th- apparently this was the number one show on streaming. Right. It wasn't at streaming. first though. It started right. in like the '80s, mm-hmm. so it did build up over time. And I'd like to show. I think that that has to do with the quality of the show. So anyone's just saying like, "Oh, the Marvel shows are inevitable." This started in the '80s in terms of popular right. shows. Mm-hmm. So it earned its yeah. way up there. And the network shows that Marvel have tried haven't necessarily been all mm-hmm. that successful. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think got maybe seven or eight seasons. Right. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so that's successful. It, it was never, you know, the highest rated show or highest watched show or anything like that. Right. Um, you <laughs> the, know. the Inhumans got canceled. Yeah, the Inhumans got canceled after about an episode or two or something <laughs> right. like that. Um and then there were a couple of others, like Cloak and Dagger was, yeah, that's was right. on some Runaways. somewhere that nobody knew where it was at mm-hmm. from a streaming standpoint. Uh, and then Agent Carter was sort of a spinoff from Captain America. Mm-hmm. And that got, I think, two episode, two seasons. Yeah, it did. Uh, yeah. Like shorter seasons. Um, so it wasn't like the full 22 episode kind of thing that you normally get on network right. television. Yeah, so this is the big first big hit for sure. This is the first big hit. Um, and yeah. you know, streaming style certainly because it wasn't a 22 episode. Mm-hmm. You know, gosh, can you imagine how big that would have been if they had gone 22? Oh my god, <laughs> well, the anticipation almost would have been too much. Like, I think this yeah. is the right length for the story they had to tell, sure. Uh, and I think the other thing is, like, so and and we can jump ahead a little bit without giving away too much of the future episodes. So there were nine episodes, I said, between, you know, 25 and 50 minutes each episode, mm-hmm. roughly two and a half, three hours of television. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Wanda got two movies, like a, like a, yeah. like an origin story and then her sequel, right? Yeah. This and was they, a really interesting way of fleshing out the character, both characters, but mostly Wanda. Like mostly be- Wanda. This is largely about Wanda. Yeah, totally. And uh, it's really interesting that we took two side characters from the MCU. And I think 
I think if you ask people now, they're gonna, these are gonna be one of the most popular characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, is, it is really the, uh, the success of the MCU can be, can be kind of talked about in those terms because the Avengers themselves, when you're looking at the classic Avengers in the MCU that we're talking about, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Hawkeye, Black Widow, these are all like B, C plus characters in, yeah. the, in the Marvel comics. There's no, I mean, we don't get Spider-Man to like eight years into it. Right. We still haven't got a single X-Men. We don't get the, we haven't gotten the Fantastic Four yet. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is like, it's like if they started the DC universe and they started with Green Arrow. Right. Wait, they kind of <laughs> did, but yeah, well, the TV. Well, they universe. did it on television, yeah, but yeah. Uh, like just like, or they start, you know, just some, you know, random hero that they like, because the the DC universe started with Spike with Superman and Batman, right. and then brought them together, and they still couldn't do it successfully. It's not right. easy, right, to do that. Yeah, and I think I do think some of the the post show analysis is is missing that, like they. I feel, I feel like I've heard a lot of criticisms that treat the success of the show as inevitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I really don't think that's the case. This was very different. Like, as we've yeah. said, like this turned off people because it was weird. Yeah. I love the fact that it's weird. Like this is, this is my jam. I'm totally yeah. into like, they tried yeah. something very different. And I think it's, it's, so I think it's a fair criticism to say of something that it could have been better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For and, sure. And I think, Sure, but you can do that with anything. Yeah, you can. I think, but you know, you can always say there's there's something we could have done with this that would have been better. Yeah, like there are some criticisms where, you know, we've talked a lot about all these these Easter eggs, and spoiler alert, most of these Easter eggs do not come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was in retrospect very clearly the writers they read a bunch of the stuff and they just liked it and they were like we're gonna put that in there and that was kind of yeah. it. I, <laughs> it's almost like a. When, when we talk about sports stars, we like to think that the, the sports, the stars of our favorite teams care about the teams as much as we care. Right. And apparently they don't. From <laughs> a lot of what I've read, like they, they hope that they do well themselves, but they don't, mm-hmm. it is a job for them. They want to do well, mm-hmm. but they don't live and die the same way a fan does. And I think that's right. true of right, like writers, they want to take stuff and make a, tell a good story and entertain people. I think that's mm-hmm. actually it. They don't, they're like, oh, I want to make people make these crazy uh, conspiracy boards and like think this and this. Like, I actually think it happens that way because they're good writers. Yeah. And like it's in and, the brain. And, and you can say the same thing about the actors and the creators and stuff. Uh, another great podcast that's, you know, not as good as ours. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's the it's the Scrub Weech re, uh, rewatch show with uh, Zach Braff and Donald Faison, Fake Doctors, Real Friends. Mm-hmm. And we're talking a little bit about, you know, how they'll go on press junkets. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a movie or a TV show or something that they're doing, and somebody will ask, you know, it's like, what made you decide to do, you know, you know, this project with, you know, working with these people and doing all this stuff, and and ultimately it, it, it's kind of like, well, it was a job, and I needed to pay my electric bill, you right. know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, we think of some of the stars that we see, we think of them all as being, you know, Tom Cruise, where they're all making. 25 million dollars a film and all this stuff yeah. and it's like no some of them are not they're, they're probably doing better than you and i maybe financially but they have to keep working right they can't they can't not work so you're gonna 
you're going to have some duds in there and you're going to have some, some stuff where you're just like, um, why are you doing this show? This just doesn't seem like your personality. It's just like, well, I, you know, I, I, I needed a paycheck. Yeah. And, <laughs> and unlike, you know, probably most of our professions, they need to get that job to get the next job. Because right. the way it works in Hollywood is like once it stops, once that money train stops, and then it stops forever. And it's, not, it's over. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, it's not necessarily all a money grab. It's like actually it's a career, like they'd like to keep working because that, yeah. <laughs> that's what they train to do. Yeah. And and particularly when you're talking about like showrunners and you're talking about mm-hmm. writers, they don't have the choice really. Oh yeah. It's very to, different. To be like to be very discerning about, oh, I'm gonna pass on on that project that's gonna pay me money. Right, because <laughs> I have some, because I don't like comic books or something like that. It's like exactly if you have an opportunity to work on a Disney Plus show that's in the MCU. I mean, you're gonna read everything that you could possibly read about that show, about yep. the you know the, everything in the comics. You're gonna read, you're gonna go deep dives on Wikipedia, Marvel sure. Wiki. You're gonna you're gonna go really really. You're gonna learn everything you can about it because. That's what you do. Yeah, like they're writers. Like, they're professional. They're literally professional writers. Exactly. <laughs> what they do. Like you wouldn't. There's no. There's no like. Uh, I mean, you and I do this too. Like, I mean, I'm I'm working in mental health care. I don't have I don't have education in mental health care. Yeah. But I know I heck of a lot about it now. Because <laughs> you do it for a living. <laughs> That's I do how it, it for works. a living. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, and you know, I'm sure that your your degree is not exactly in the stuff that you're doing specifically now yeah yeah it's a little bit similar but i mean yeah. you, you you learn stuff and you you figure it as out you, as you go on it's like hey i need you to do this can you do this it's like well i've never done that but what you're asking me to do pays me more than i'm what i'm getting now and right you know, like the advancement in what this field is so i can learn right and i'm like 80 <laughs> percent good enough that i, I think yeah. i can do a good job and let's yeah. let's do it so that all being said I feel like at this point in time, again, we've talked about how the first two episodes, clearly not everyone was in, right? Mm-hmm. This, was not a, this was not a slam dunk from the start. It is amazing that this show got made. <laughs> yeah. That the whole premise of like, you know what? We're going to do this thing. People aren't going to know what's going on at all. <laughs> yeah. It's and I be think a, so this, yeah. <laughs> this comes down largely to, um, so this show was made different than most shows. Mm-hmm. So most shows you're gonna you're gonna film a pilot, yep, right, and that that pilot is gonna be standalone because you're not gonna get the money to make the whole season. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna get, you're, you've got to be able to show what your show is gonna be in 30 minutes or 22 minutes or however long mm-hmm. a, a sitcom is, and you're gonna have to convince a network, a studio, a streaming service, or whatever that that's funny. It's successful and you need to pay us for however many more that we're going to be able to do. Right. So because of the conceit of Marvel and the MCU and Disney plus and everything like that, they were able to do this sort of really experimental stuff. Yeah. This is a high concept show. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly to start. And this show doesn't get made anywhere other than this. Certainly. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't have been able to sort of sell this show as an MCU show and, you know, sell it to, you know, Netflix to stream. Netflix wouldn't have bought this show. Yeah. I I, I totally agree. Yeah. 
you know, or or one of the networks certainly, even ABC, which is owned by Disney. I don't know that they would be like, you know, this doesn't really fit what we're doing. We've got you know, uh, The Bachelor. This doesn't really yeah. go you can't, with what we do. Once we get to the end, it will be very difficult to do a season two of this. <laughs> so let's let's put that out there. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, but I've but once we get there, I've got a theory. On okay, well we we could talk about that then, but like. <laughs> That's, that's it, called a tease. Yeah. I think a lot has been said about how the economics of the situation doesn't allow for certain types of storytelling. Certain, Martin Scorsese talks about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go the other way around. Only the economics allow interesting this kind of interesting show to exist right. where our knowledge from multiple movies can set the stage for where the characters are. We don't need to let the audience, we don't have to tell that through storytelling. Like you can assume the audience has all of that. Yeah. And you get to and go Spoiler in. alert, we do get a little bit of a, of a backstory uh, much later on. Something oh, totally. like seven or eight, six or seven episodes in, something like that. Right. Um, where we do get some backstory. Um, it's nothing that you wouldn't have known. But you get not just the backstory of where they came from in the movies, but you get some deeper sort of personal sort of backstory. Right. And I think my point is like all of that other stuff adds to the storytelling. Like this is a different kind of storytelling. And I feel like it's really unfair for people to say that like, this is somehow invalid. Like, no, it's, Mm -hmm. it's different. And uh, you know, people enjoying it. Yeah. This is legitimate enjoyment. It's entertainment and it's. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, Scorsese has talked about like, you're not making cinema, you're making content. Um, yeah, I would like to challenge that of like, what do you want from your storytelling? Like it should tell you, it should entertain. That's goal number one of anything. Mm-hmm. It should tell you something, you know, characters should have depth. They should uh, tell you something about the human condition and talk about things that you can relate to. And I, I feel like all of those things like in the fantasy superhero tropes that that all applies. Like they, they're just different things around it. Mm-hmm. No, and I think, uh, and, and once we get into some some later episodes, we have some thoughts on um, kind of some of the central themes of this show. Um, obviously, what we're seeing early on are these sort of um, tributes to classic television. Yep. Uh, and um, the appreciation of the the way that the the way that things quote unquote things used to be. Yeah. You know, one of the things about classic sitcoms and classic television in general is that it, it represents a time in America and it represents an America that probably never really existed mm-hmm. in the way that, in the way that it was portrayed on screen, but that everybody that has watched these shows sort of longs for. Yeah. Uh, particularly when you're talking about a character in Wanda who grows up in a foreign country, she knows nothing about this country. Um, and she knows America from this and, this is clearly a a way of her sort of trying to kind of yeah that sort of classic. We are memory. we are totally spoiling, which is totally fine. But it's totally spoiling. I didn't say anything important. Yeah, but I, I think what's I, I don't know how many other shows would have been able to do a full episode that's a tribute to 1950s TV and then 1960s TV like this show. And then and then hey guys, next one. I, you could probably guess what decade they go to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It goes straight in order. It's great. Yeah. 
anyhow, we've we've gone on. It's a great show. We've gone you, on. It's a great you, show. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Just watch it. Watch it. Definitely watch it. Just watch it. Yeah, just watch it. Uh, and then you know, watch the first two, and then you know, uh, watch three, and then listen to our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> Which will be we're gonna we're gonna go episode three is gonna be next. Yeah, I can we're tell just, you we're that. We're not gonna much. jump ahead to five and then go back to three. That would be weird. That's my commitment to you, the listener. But maybe if we were truly like, you know, maybe we should go like the next episode should be six. <laughs> and then we go back to four and then seven and then we just jump to the end why and then not? come back to three you want to do that yeah no no let's go in order let's all right we'll go in order because they they went in order sure. they went in this particular order so i think we should uh you know honor that all right so um i don't know that there's a dad bot of this week i don't think anything fits for for this yeah. particular i mean episode. vision i mean vision becomes a sort of a dad almost right he, he impregnates wanda yeah by thinking about it <laughs> by thinking about it yeah and uh you know maybe they had sex when she brought the the, the uh the beds together maybe that's the implication yeah but she, it's... Becomes, but she gets about f- six months pregnant in you know a day yeah yeah not quite sure how that works but the and also paul bettany while he's you know the age of a dad and he might be a dad on his own he probably is uh, he's way too good looking for. for a dad oh yeah, bot. sorry, sorry, Paul. You can yeah. be on the show though if you want to be. You can be on the show. Yeah, we'll we talk to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll make um, an you exception. Want to talk to us. Yeah, yeah, we will talk to you before Elizabeth Olsen because she won't get back to us. Yeah. I mean, we haven't reached out yet. But she <laughs> At won't all. Get back to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. All right. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Michael. And thank you, Shane.